providing tips and guidance to help you grow your business. You're listening to the Advisor to Advisor podcast, advice for advisors from advisors. Welcome to Hanson McLean's Advisor to Advisor. I'm Scott Hanson. Pat McLean. We've got a great program uh, today on our podcast. We are talking uh, about early media and PR and yeah. how do you how do you increase, leverage this? Trend? How do you increase your credibility in, in this overly crowded market? Yes. It is a crowded it is most businesses are competitive. Our business is extremely competitive because people offer investment services that aren't really investment advisors. Or they call themselves financial planners that And they're not. All they do is sell annuities or product in the bank and yeah it's a crowded space yeah and how do you stand out and i know um we've done a lot of writing and in publications and stuff over the years i wrote a weekly column for the sacramento b for nine years that we ended up getting syndicated and actually pat i remember uh we had hired a, a public relations firm years ago we long did time ago, to arrange a meeting with the sacramento b where we're headquartered and I remember at the meeting, there was a columnist that you wanted uh, the B to get rid of and for me to replace that columnist. And I remember going to the meeting and said, Pat, I do not want to write a weekly column. And Pat says, oh, okay, okay. And we're sitting in the dang meeting and Pat says, you know, Scott would be a great weekly columnist to replace this thing. And I remember just looking over at you. It worked. Sold, it worked, I know. And I wrote the when column. When you were a great columnist, you've only become a better writer since then, Scott. See what I did for you? <laughs> and uh, nine years of that, which actually then I took those nine years and and created a book out of that um, as well. Well, on today's show, we've got a great guest, Megan Carpenter. And I know some in the industry have either known Megan or have uh, heard her or seen their email. She sends out our last week's program. We talked about digital marketing and the importance of frequency. And of course, Megan Carpenter with um, FICOM Partners has done a great job. With that, and she's a co-founder and CEO of FICOM Partners, their communications and public relations consulting firm, who specializes with independent financial advisors. And Megan, welcome to Handsome McLean's Advisor to Advisor. Hi, Scott and Pat. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's our pleasure. And give it uh, real briefly, as I think some people know you from the the PR work you do. Give us a brief background on yourself. Yeah, like what do you guys do, and where did you come from? That's a great question. I could go for a long time. I'll try to keep it short. I've been doing marketing on behalf of financial advisors my entire career. I actually got started in this industry as an intern while I was attending the University of Southern California and have essentially never looked back. So I spent the first eight years of my career working at an insurance broker dealer. I worked for John Hancock Financial Network. That experience was pretty tremendous because I had the opportunity to work with hundreds of advisors and really saw how each advisor is their own small business owner. They have their own opportunities and challenges as it relates to building a successful marketing plan. And after spending some time in the insurance broker-dealer world and working with a handful of hybrid advisors on that platform, I became very drawn to the RIA community. I really felt as though I could align with their objective and transparent approach to building businesses. And so I launched my own company in January of 2012 to really focus on marketing and the independent wealth management space. And that same year, I met my now business partner, Jason Lajita, 
who had started FICOM Partners as a PR firm, and we merged our businesses. And fast forward five years, here we are today. We're a fully integrated communications firm. As you said, we do work exclusively in the independent wealth management space, and we offer messaging, public relations, content marketing, brand development, and social media services to registered investment advisory firms and companies that serve that same market. You know, uh, you use this word objective and transparent approach. <laughs> Pat wrote mm-hmm. that down. He liked that line. I liked it a lot. <laughs> Steal it, put it in some of our marketing. Oh, correct, because that kind of summarizes what a good RIA is, does it not? It does. It's certainly, those are words that we hear a lot. We hear objective, transparent, fiduciary, holistic, comprehensive, and those are all really great descriptors for advisors in this space. And I think from a business perspective, I was really drawn to those business owners that I trusted were doing great work on behalf of their clients. And as we've built FICOM Partners, we've tried to take a very similar approach, um, not just in being transparent and objective in the work that we provide, but holding ourselves incredibly accountable for doing great work and acting in our clients' best interests. So even though we're a communications firm, um, we do try to model our work after the great RIAs that we have the privilege of serving. And so in this industry, financial advisors, why is uh, communications important for advisors to grow their business? I think it's more important today, Scott, than it ever has been. You know, we're this. There's no kind of secret here that we're facing a lot of headwinds in this industry, and I think that those headwinds are giving advisors certainly challenges, but a lot of great opportunities as it relates to marketing. And so I think when we're reading a lot about the commoditization of advice and how that's driven in part by technology, you know, investment performance is no longer a differentiator. Um, And then on the flip side of that, there's another trend that we're seeing with kind of the mass personalization of communications, and that's also driven by technology. But advisors' clients are getting bombarded day in and day out with a lot of messaging from many different brands. And so I think there's this great opportunity to think about leveraging technology today to power your communications programs. And it's important for the simple fact that advisors need to stay relevant. And we're working kind of in a world where everything is digital, social, and mobile. And we need to be meeting clients where they are. And so it's no longer a linear sales cycle where an advisor, you know, meets someone across the table, provides really great work, receives some referrals, calls those referrals and is driving that process. Now consumers are driving that process. Mm-hmm. We see that. <laughs> we we right. even yeah, on we, a referral, someone's probably going to google them first and yeah, check them out. Exactly. We see that. So so y- 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 if I was just let's say I had a small firm of 5 or 6 or 7 people, or you know, three, two or three advisors, whatever. And I, and I went to, to you and your, your firm FICOM, what, what steps would you walk me through on a communist communication strategy or what, you know, how would you like assess what I'm doing and say, okay, Pat, you need to do this better, this better, this better, or you shouldn't do anything at all and leave the business completely. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully it wouldn't end there, but we, we start all of our work with, messaging. That's the foundation of everything that we do at FICOM Partners. I really strongly believe that you will not have a successful communications plan if you don't have distinct and differentiated messages. 
So we work with our clients first and foremost to understand who they are as people, um, who they are as a business, why they do this for a living, what makes them different, what are their unique abilities, why do their clients choose them over the advisor next door or the broker down the street. And it's typically not what advisors expect. We find that advisors are very comfortable in talking about years in service and assets under management, the number of people that they have that work with them and the number of designations that they've gotten. These are all really great things to have as a firm, but they're expected. And so we dive deeper to really understand who are your target clients, what are their pain points, and how does your business uniquely solve those pain points? So it starts with messaging. That's the first step. Give us an example of of someone you've worked with and like a... Someone you've worked sure. with. Sure. So there's a there's a company. You don't have to give it their name or anything, but you know, just as an example. Sure. There's a registered investment advisory firm down here in Southern California that we've been working with for many years um, that has evolved um, from what used to be more of a traditional broker broker dealer business to today a completely independent RIA. Uh, work in the more of the mass affluent space and have done PR and marketing work with them for for many years at this point. And we did exactly that. When we met with them, the first thing we did was go on site and, and have a meeting and conduct a discovery session where we got to the root of their messaging. And however many years, four, four years later, that messaging is still critical to all of the communications work that we do, whether it's public relations, whether it's marketing, uh, whether it's ongoing brand development needs, we're constantly going back to that original messaging document to make sure that our communication strategies Hmm. are promoting the right message. And then do you do help in the implementation? We had a podcast recently where we talked about digital strategies. Do you help with the implementation of a digital strategy or, or any other sort of a, a, a marketing plan other than we just do. the messaging. So there's uh, what, you know, it, when I view the world, it's the first thing you have to do is explain to the clients, the why, right? The messaging, why am I here? And why do you care about me? Why do you want me to manage your money? Why, why, why handsome McLean? Why X, Y, Z firm? And then the second thing is, okay, so that's who I am and how I'm going to communicate. The second thing in my mind is who am I going to communicate it to? How often, when, and under what um, strategies? Digital, print, whatever. Right. So it's the what am I going to say and then who do I say it to and how. And so that's what informs a communications plan. So we look at Don't use the fancy words with me. I just laid it out simply. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everybody needs a plan, right? And it does need to be both strategic and tactical. And we do both. So we think it's incredibly important to be really great strategists and to understand all of those things. What is your message? Who are you targeting? How are you going to target them? And then create the overall strategy. But it's equally important for companies like FICOM Partners to be able to tactically execute on those strategies. What I found at my time at John Hancock prior to starting my own company, because I was on the advisor side, I was putting out RFPs to consultants. And I found that Consultants and companies, vendors to this industry can put really great plans together, but advisors are often left with a plan and they've got no idea what to do with it. 
So when we started FICOM Partners, that was kind of one of the core components of our mission. You know, we want to be really great strategists, but we also want to get work done, and we want to show value, and we want to deliver results. So we do the tactical implementation of all of our PR, content marketing, social media, and brand development work. And Megan, I know that uh, just about every financial advisor would like to see their name in print somewhere, right? <laughs> Whether mm-hmm. it's a, on a website or something that their friends might see or they can show off to their clients, look at, hey, here I am here. Um, how, how important is that, number one? And if it is, how frequent does it need to be? Because there are some advisors that are just relentless. I mean, <laughs> they're everywhere, uh, and some hardly, and they rarely appear somewhere. Right. I think it depends on what you're looking to accomplish um, with your marketing. If you're looking for brand recognition, credibility, and awareness, then public relations being seen in the media on topics that you're an expert on is a really powerful tool. I think what we find is that advisors sometimes don't necessarily understand PR. A lot of times people think PR stands for press release. And PR stands for public relations, and it's really about developing that credibility through the media, being seen as a sought-after expert on topics where you're the subject matter expert. You know that topic better than anybody else. Doing that successfully through the media really opens you up to a vast audience that other marketing strategies you just can't achieve. When you're thinking about publications like the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, CNBC, U.S. News and World Report, CNN, those kinds of outlets are tremendously powerful. Their audiences are massive. And so if you can be seen as an expert source in those publications, it does a tremendous amount to boost your credibility. It takes consistency over time in order for for PR to be a successful strategy. So I would say that if an advisor is interested in it, commit to it, have a plan in place, and have an idea on what types of topics you're looking to highlight your expertise in and, and stay focused. But also understand that it can't just be the only component of your marketing plan. It needs to be part of your toolkit. And it's probably not going to be... I, I mean, out of out of a list of the things most important, um, yeah, where would you put that? I think for advisors that have a really great message and have developed a brand and they have the infrastructure in place. Okay, so now you've just weeded out ninety percent of the population right. of advisors, right? <laughs> so. Right. Well, well, you what you don't want to do is be in an article. Let's say you're featured in the Wall Street Journal Voices column, and a lot of people see you, Scott, in Wall Street Journal Voices, what are they going to do? They're going to Google you. They're going to land on your website. If you don't have a great website that's going to capture their attention and put them into your sales funnel, then you're wasting your time. It was a waste, right? Right. So build the infrastructure first, and then when you're really ready to get proactive with your marketing, you're going to want to think about social content and PR as levers that you can use when the time is right. But you do have to have that infrastructure set up first. Yeah. For social, I mean, there's Michael Kitsis out there who's, uh, if you're in this industry, it's hard not to know who he is because he's done so much in social media. (laughs) Yeah, prolific. (laughs) Um, uh, And he must spend an an inordinate amount of time doing that as well. So assuming you're not Michael Kitsis, you're the typical advisor, how much social media should someone bother engaging in? I think social is important. I think it gets back to my original point about meeting your customer where they are, and everybody today is on some social 
platform, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Snapchat, and people use that, sure, for primarily social purposes with the exception of LinkedIn, but really smart brands are using social media to connect with audiences in a different way, and I think financial advisors are lacking there. I think there's this common objection that I hear all the time. I speak at a lot of audiences throughout the year. And they say, but my client's not on social media. And they're wrong. And yeah, say, they're yes, wrong. They <laughs> they're totally wrong. I guarantee you that they're the on social media. The fastest growing group of the fastest growing group in so in is women. Yeah, over the age of fifty. Over the age of fifty. Yeah, <laughs> it's massive. It's massive. But it gets back to the very beginning of what you started with, Megan, which is you got to do the basics first. So the messaging right. is the most important. Then who are you talking to? Why are you talking to them? And the the and we talked about it on our last um, podcast, your website has to be perfect before you move to the next stage, right? You can't it start. It's your storefront. It is, it's how people judge you today. Um, well, it has and, to be great. I don't know about perfect. Ours is not perfect. Well, it's got to be great. You're right, Pat. Your website's your digital storefront. It's the hub of all of your interactions with your audience. So that has to be your starting point. And like PR, if you're going to do social, you have to commit to doing it. You can't think that because you post here and there, you're going to see results. So you need to make a commitment. You know, where does this fall in my priority order of marketing tactics? And how much can I commit to doing it the right way? Yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's, it's crowded. It's crowded. So for the average advisor, the typical advisor, are there some simple things that they can do to increase their credibility in this crowded space? I think that there's really three things that they should be focusing on to increase credibility. You know, first is what we were just discussing, build a more interactive website, focus on that first. I would say the second is to think about creating more engaging and unique content. People are using digital, social, and mobile to consume content, and there's no reason that financial advisors can't be great content providers. I think they often approach it in the wrong way. They're thinking about quarterly market commentaries and, and things that are very predictable, but I think looking for engagement with your prospects through quick, snackable content um, is, is a second step that I highly recommend. And then the last step for increasing credibility, I would say just make sure that you're going wherever your target audience is searching. People who aren't aware of you aren't looking for you, right? People are looking for answers to their problems. So you need to make sure that they can find you when they're searching for those answers. Your name needs to pop up. You need to be visible um, and make sure that you're doing that in the right place, whether that's social media, content marketing, PR, um, anything that's promoting you and your brand. Make sure that it's aligned with your target clientele. And your firm specializes with independent advisors and those firms that serve those advisors, correct? Would that be fair? Correct. Okay. That's right. Where, what, is, what excites you about the future of this industry and what makes you nervous? Well, I get really excited about the opportunities that are presented to advisors today because of technology. We, because we work in the independent space, we get to help advisors use their own voice. When you're in a captive environment, you don't have that opportunity, and it's just a huge advantage. And technology allows advisors to use their own voice in a way that can be automated, that can be scaled, and that can be replicated really easily. So I get excited about that because I think that if I, you know, 
think back to when I started in this business and advisors were doing cold calling and seminar marketing where it costs so much money to put out mail and host these big events. I just think there's this really cool opportunity right now to use digital to your advantage and to get your voice out to a broader audience. I think what makes me nervous is sometimes we're just seeing complacency with advisors. The markets have been strong in previous years. Organic growth continues to be strong, and I think we're seeing that advisors feel as though that momentum is going to continue, and I, I don't think that it is. And so I'm always encouraging advisors to not be complacent with their growth and to not rely entirely on organic growth because I don't think that's going to get firms where they want to be um, over the next several years if they don't shift their thinking. And and Megan, the do you think that the slowing down of the, the drive-in has to do possibly with the average age of the owners in our business getting up there in years? I mean, it I'm not, I'm not the same. I'm, I'm 54. I'm not the same as I was when I'm 40. I mean, my, they haven't called me Hurricane McLean in probably five years. <laughs> <laughs> Where, you know... It's just that the energy isn't there. You know, I would. Just, I think I have more energy today than I did when I was twenty. But anyway, really, <laughs> I do. I don't know. But well, you well, must I have been really, easy. really lazy at twenty, Scott. Different. <laughs> 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 they saying I'm just a step ahead of laziness right now. Is that it? <laughs> yeah. Well, you read it. Heard. You read it anyone you want. See what I'm trying to be is objective and transparent. Okay, uh, Megan. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're. I think that it it kind of traces back to one of the industry challenges right now, which is recruiting and attracting next gen talent. And where do advisors that are nearing their retirement, where are they going to go with their business? Are they going to exit? Do they have a succession plan? And how are they going to do that? I think that advisors that can focus on marketing in this way will have a really tremendous advantage in recruiting and attracting next gen talent. We're seeing young advisors, young professionals in this industry that are graduating from some of the CFP programs. They're looking for firms that are doing cool marketing. I mean, that's how we can compete with a lot of the other brands that are seen as the flashy, cool, latest and greatest. And so I think it's an opportunity for advisors to say it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to take more work. It's just shifting your mindset and implementing some of these digital strategies that will help your business, but also help with what's next for your business. And so, Megan, if you at this stage in your life were going to do a major career change, it could no longer be in traditional PR, and we're going to open up an investment advisory shop, maybe you and Jason said we're out of this business, we're going to open up an investment advisory firm, an RAA. Who would you serve? What would, who, what would you specialize in? Who would you serve and how would you go after those folks? Because you've talked to, an, I mean, you've worked with a lot of that's different a, firms. That's a great question. You've seen not... profitable firms. You've seen firms that are like, man, they've got a cool firm. And you've seen other ones like, oh, that's a disaster. So what would you guys do? Well, I talk a lot about needing to be authentic, and so I would want to be authentic to who I am and the type of people that I like to work with, um, which would probably skew maybe to younger um, women who may be working but have families. I mean, those are the types of people that I feel like I'm really drawn to and that I would have some sort of authentic message towards, and so I feel like I would want to 
provide advice. I, I mean, it's kind of funny to think of myself as a financial advisor. Is I've it? Picture that in my mind. No. Well, that's, that's what I do. Ever and I first, you know, the first time I ever saw a photo of you, like she's a financial she, advisor. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely a financial advisor. I really fit the profile. Um, but I think that's where I would go because I think you have to be authentic. I mean, you need you want to work with people that you like, that you're drawn to. Um, you don't need to want to socialize with them, but it needs to be a pleasant working relationship. I think that's the best way to to build a great client experience. You know, it's interesting so, you say that. And I, I find that um, uh, for me, it may not be the same people at the same stage of life, although I'm hitting that stage of life where my target is. It, I think it's people that share similar values. Um, right. Those are the ones I resonate with. And like you said, I don't social, I've never been one to want to turn clients into friends or friends into clients. Uh, particularly the latter. I don't want to turn friends into clients. I never promote myself to my friends. Right. But um, it's working with people with similar values. You don't socialize with your clients. No. I just plain don't socialize. <laughs> no, and we don't go to lunch. I don't, I don't. Yeah, we don't. It's a different. Yeah. So thank you very much for your uh, time today, Megan. It's um, it was enlightening. It's um, your words were, were good to hear um, because it reminds us that you actually have to stay out there all the time. You have to be out there. And you got to figure out the messaging. Yeah, have to. Have to. They don't care how many years of service you've been in. Yeah. <laughs> so. Exactly. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Thank you, Megan. Take care. And, you know, it's interesting. Megan had, had talked about the importance of track, attracting some the next gen, but also attracting, I mean, f- frankly, handsome McLean. We're at a, a point where we are partnering with other firms, bringing other firms into um, in, our organiz- yes, organization. And, um, to help help with client acquisition have firms become part of the handsome mclean group and uh grow yeah and if you're and, interested in more about that if you go to our website advisor to advisor uh there'll be some more information there it'll also take you to a link to our handsome mclean website where we talk a bit about partnering with us but so that's the end of this podcast we look forward to you being a part of another one again if you've enjoyed this podcast got something from it and know of a couple of advisors uh share it with them we'd appreciate it all right take care The contents of this podcast are exclusively intended for financial professionals. 